Hi, welcome. This is Seeking Sustainability Live. I'm JJ Walsh, based in Hiroshima, Japan. Today I'm talking with Farid, who is based in Totori, in the rural area of Japan, doing permaculture. Hi, thanks for joining today. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, check out inboundambassador.com and you can also find me on buymeacoffee.com slash jjwalsh to get some bonus information and insights from the series. Hello guys, nice to meet you. Welcome to Totori today. So nice talking to you. So originally you're from Morocco, right? My parents uh, were born and raised in Morocco. Uh, they came to France in the 90s, and uh, I was born in France and raised in France, and now I'm in Japan. So yeah. that's important for me to say all of this. I feel myself like a tree. Roots are in Morocco. The trunk is in France. And now we have the branch, the leaf in Japan, and we have some fruits, three kids who are here. And we don't know where they will go, but they will make their, their own uh, journey their own path that's wonderful such an international family and international situation um many years ago my husband and i actually had a wonderful trip to morocco and we went to the sand dunes in mazuga is it mazuga mazuga it was so yes. beautiful and we yeah, found yeah. the most amazing french cafe in the middle of the desert where we wow. had uh, beautiful coffee and French baguettes. And I'll never forget that experience. And now you're in Totori, where they also have sand dunes. And they have uh, beautiful sand dunes and even camels and uh, yes. coffee shops and everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we have those sand dunes here with six camels. Those camels came from Mongolia, so they have two, um, how do you say that, two on the back, on their back, they have two, in French we say boss, on their back, and um, we have good coffee, we call Sunabakohi. Yeah. So why is it called Sunabakohi? Uh, Sunaba means uh, sand uh, place in Japanese, and there is a famous humorist called Matsuko Derax, I don't know. I don't know if you know her. It's a, it's a very famous you know, Maurice in Japan who said that there is no Starbucks in Japan, in a Totori. Sutaba, there is no Sutaba in Japan. So the I think the mayor of the prefecture or of the town of Totori said, we don't have Sutaba, but we have Sunaba. And they make Sunaba Kohi from here. So it's just a, a player around the world. Yeah. So. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm showing the picture now uh, from one of my yeah. trips with my family, and we went to the Totori Sand Dunes. We went to Sunaba Coffee, of course. You have to go. Yeah. And we went to the Sand Dune Museum, where Museum. they have these yeah, amazing structures made out of sand. So that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool, and it's changing every year. So every time you go, you will have a new scenery and fantastic one because it takes three months to build it 
And they have specialists from all around the world who came, artists from all around the world who came to build that. And every time it's a different thema. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so interesting. And I think when we went, it was a few years ago, and they had a Walking Dead TV show theme. And so every oh. every character looks like zombies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so special. I think, yeah, it changes all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We saw about Thailand. We saw they, they made a very big uh, scenery about, no, it, was, it wasn't Thailand, it was Cambodia. Angkor Wat, uh, rebuilt with sand. It was very, very impressive, very fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and every time it's changing. And then uh, you also shared about a really interesting town called Kurayoshi. Yes. So Kurayoshi is the place where we are living now. It's famous for, um, it's really in the middle of Tottori. And it's famous for the, the place we call Akagawara. So it's a place where they had a lot of people uh, buying and selling things. And we have a lot of kura, so all the um, uh, place where they were putting things in uh, uh, stock, kind of stock. And um, you have this old machia, kind of machia, who are here. Uh, and it's very beautiful. It looks like a nostalgic now, but it's very nice to walk in there. And all around Totori, you have a very beautiful nature. So it's a very nice place to go. Um, one famous mangaka wrote about about Kurayoshi. Uh, it's, his name is Taniguchi Jiro, and he made a. Uh oh, we lost you for a minute. Oh, okay, I'm here. Okay, I'm you're here. back. You're back. Oh, okay. You're back. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. No, yeah, no, so that's okay. Uh, Jane okay. Nakata just commented. Um, that she is watching from Fukushima today. Fukushima. Now, Jane, Jane also has family in Totori, so she went to live in Totori sometimes. Yeah, wonderful. Okay. So where, where, where in Totori have you been, Jane? Jane, yeah, maybe she can tell us while she's watching. I can't, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm showing one of your photos now. It's a Masuda Ningyo shop. So it, yes. it's yes. so beautiful with the traditional Japanese dolls, is it? Gorgeous. Yes. So this one uh, is one doll shop in Totori. So we visited two uh, last weeks. So we went to another one who's called Taira. And the very good thing uh, that we, we had is that the, the owner of the shop was here and he spent about one hour explaining us all about Koinobori and Kabuto and everything. Gorgeous. So the good thing in Kurayoshi, and especially now, people are very welcome. So and in whole Totori, if you come here, people are very welcome and they spend time with you, telling you about their life, about what they are doing, about what they are selling. And it's a nice experience. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Jean just said she is uh, from... Hokue. Hokue, yeah. Okay, Hokue, okay. So Hokue is the uh, my wife's birthplace. Yeah, I know Hokue, Jane. Okay, so we are. Uh, w my wife is from Hokue, and Hokue is very famous for a Conan detective. You know Conan detective, the manga. Mm -hmm. So it's very famous for Conan detective, and uh, nice. it's very famous for Suika. How do you say watermelon? It's a nice place and a beautiful sea there too. Yeah, Hokue Cho. That's great. Not far from Kurayoshi. Yeah, Jane. 
And also you mm -hmm. were sh you were sharing uh, recently this month, you're seeing a lot of beautiful tulips. Is that right? So it's Hanakairo. So Hanakairo is on the west side of Totori. It's, um, it's uh, oh, Khadija, hello, Khadija. Uh, sorry. No, that's <laughs> so, okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, Hanakairo is a very big uh, park for, um, and you have a lot of flowers. And every time of the year, you have flowers there. So it's a nice place to go and see. So now it's the tulips. Yeah. Now Gorgeous. It's time for tulips. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a gorgeous place. All right, let's yeah. talk a little bit about what you're doing. You <coughs> you started doing permaculture. Yes, sir. So um, <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I like the, 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 the concept of journey. Uh, and um, we are now doing permaculture, but we started changing our mind uh, about that. Uh, many years ago and um, we met a lot of people we talked with a lot of people about uh, about our life and about how can we live better and how can we 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 do a, a oh yeah our chicken there how can can we be more uh, sustainable that's the that, that's the thing because being sustainable means everyone can live longer and better our kids will have a clean planet to live on so that's what we are thinking about. And um, um, we are living in Tokyo before. And in Tokyo, we made some raising beds. We made some... Uh... Sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay? Uh, I don't have this. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go Good. ahead. Yeah. Good. So uh, we, we made some raising beds. We grew some food there in Tokyo around our house. And we made some compost with um, worms, and uh, we tried to make our life uh, more sustainable. And while doing the compost, we realized the amount of uh, plastic we were using, because all the the um, we say namagomi in Japanese, but all the the the, the how do you say that in English namagomi? I don't. The I don't burnable burnable trash. The, the, burnable. The, yeah, the burnable trash. Mm -hmm. We we put that in the compost. And we had we we saw the plastic we were using. So since this time, we tried to lower our uh, our use of plastics. And um, luckily, we met some people like Karina at this time. So Karina, we went with her in uh, Yamanashi at Pitala Farm. So we had a kind of festival there, and we met a lot of people. And uh, at this time, we were reading things like a uh, Meadows report. Do you know Meadows report? So talking about the oil peak, and uh, they made an estimation in the, 90, in the 70s, and almost all the estimation they made became true now. So And the, the estimation of saying that things will go worse and worse from now for the planet if we don't change what we are doing. So we, we, we had all of those things in our head. We met good people like Kadina. We have been to Pitala Farm and to other places. And um, luckily, we had our third kid. So we have three kids now. So we have the two girls and one boy. And when our third kid was born, uh, my wife found out that we can have in Japan um, long paternity leave together. So parents both can go on paternity leave. 
and we took this chance, this chance to change our life and try other things. So uh, we left Tokyo and we came to Totori. So we had um, my mother-in-law's place uh, for a while and we have been searching for a place for us. So we found out a house. We wanted to build, a, to make a guest house in a big old Japanese house. But we found out that they had a lot of white ants inside. So we lost about six months in our project and we have to abandon that and to switch on another project. Um, luckily, we found another house very quick and uh, we bought it and we came here in the countryside of Kodayoshi and now we are living here. That's wonderful. Um, I, I saw a photo of your kids going to school and this is something I've talked to other people who've moved out from Tokyo to the rural areas. Uh, your kids are one of only a handful of kids. Like there are very few students at the local school, right? Yes. So there, there are seven kids in the same class now. So every level have seven to nine kids. So the good thing until now, I feel that it's not competitive. It's more, it's more like collaboration between the kids. Even the upper class kids, they know all the, the kids from the, the, the lower classes. So that's very, how do you say that? I feel secure on this. So, and for the study of my daughter, I think that the teacher with seven kids have a lot of time. In Tokyo, there are, there are 30 kids in, in the same class. So here it's really, I hope it will be a really, really good experience for her. Yeah. yeah, I think that's wonderful. And, and Malik, the, the... yeah, and it's so yeah, and it's so two... great because the teachers have the same qualification as anywhere else in Japan, right? Because they're yes. all trained on the same level. So even if you're in a tiny country school, you still have great teachers and small classes and a really one-to-one yes. -one situation with the teacher. A lot. That's wonderful. Yes. Yes, that's really good. And um, I think that um, regarding our life in Tokyo and comparing Tokyo to now countryside of Totori, kids feel much more less stress. And they are really getting, yeah, so that's Lilia. She's cleaning the box of the chickens. So I they, love they are making that. things they will never do in Tokyo. Yeah. So that's wonderful. When they, where, yeah. And they love to go to the to the to the um, to the garden, to the hatake, to see the chicken, to to grow their uh, their vegetables and do, do a lot of things. They love to do doing that. What a, yeah. what a nice way to wake up, right? To really understand your food and where it comes from. It comes from the garden. It comes from the chicken coop where I get the eggs. And so I need to take care of the chickens if I want food, right? Like this, this is a kind of childhood that most people, most kids around the world do not have anymore. They're so disconnected from the, the food. Yeah, so the point is that um, people go to the supermarket 
and they don't realize that uh, a bunch of chicken was a chicken before. <laughs> they, they buy the, 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 the chicken inside the plastic, the, inside the box, and they say, oh, that's chicken. But they don't really connect the fact that it was some uh, living uh, thing. So if we have to kill a chicken for eating it, we feel pain for that, but we feel that it's necessary to do that for our family. Um, we eat. Oh, we lost you again. Are you coming I'm back? back? I'm sorry, Mike. Are you back? It's okay. Not that good. Yep. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So we we eat. We don't eat a lot of meat here in Totori, and even when we were in uh, were in Tokyo, we eat meat sometimes, but not not a lot. And. Um, I think that's important to know where the meat comes from. So we have cows around here too. So Lilia and our kids knows that if they eat some meat, red meat, that comes from the cows. So this living cow have to die for us to eat. So if you don't need to eat meat, we don't need to kill the cow. So I don't know what will be their, um, their uh, what they will do when they will grow up but I want them to be uh, to have the conscience of this. And meat is not at the supermarket. Before coming to the supermarket, someone has to kill a human, uh, not a human, uh, an animal to, to have the meat. Yeah. I think that's a really healthy way to bring up kids, you know, so they can make their own choice based on real experience instead of just like you said, it's already packaged at the supermarket. They don't have any connection to the animal or even the vegetables. Uh, you're growing some beautiful vegetables. Uh, I've heard with, from parents, if the kid is a little picky, once they start growing the vegetables or picking the vegetables, they feel it's easier to try to eat the vegetables. Have you found that with your kids as yes. well? Yes, yes. They feel, um, you know, they have been watching the vegetable growing for a so long time, and uh, they want to taste this thing that took so long to grow. And uh, they bring water to the vegetable. They put the the seed inside the soil. So that's that's the how to say that the um, that's the result the result of what they did. And I think they really enjoy that. So yeah, we had some uh, broccoli, some. Uh, Mekabetsu, how to say that in English? I don't know. Should Bruxelles, we say in French? Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and mint and salada and uh, uh, carrots and potatoes and uh, what have we done? Tomatoes, a lot of tomatoes last year. And we start from nothing. The, the point is that we don't know nothing. So uh, we are learning and I think it will take a lifetime to learn. But... Uh, Every time we fail, uh, we learn. So, for example, last year we made a tomatoes before the tsuyu. And the tsuyu, it, it was from mid-June to end of July last year. It was very, very long. And all of our tomatoes uh, rot, rotten, rot, I don't know, uh, went very bad. So this year we will make tomatoes before tsuyu and other tomatoes for after the tsuyu. And what you put on the screen now is a tool that is very interesting. It's a tool that have been 
um, uh, made in France for the first time. We called that a grelinette in the 60s. And um, it uh, allows you to, in, in, in English, I think you call that a broad fork. So it allows you to work, uh, to, to, to make your garden, to not till your garden. You don't need to turn the soil. So if you don't uh, turn the soil, you don't arm the soil. You don't um, arm the soil. So every living thing, bacteria, uh, worms, and, and uh, humus, humus stay on the top of the soil. And then you have the lower, um, how, do, how do you say that? Uh, I had a word, but... The, the lower layer uh-huh. and the other layer and that stay all the same. Yeah. And with the grelinette, you just, um, you put the, the, the broad fork inside the soil and you move it like that and the soil is not turning at all. So it's, it uh, preserve your living uh, organism in, in, in the soil. That's wonderful. And we, the- in Hiroshima, we've had a conversation with Thomas who runs Pitchfork Farms, and he is a fan of the no-till style, same style, and okay. uh, and he's he's doing organic natural farming as well uh, in the Hiroshima area, so not too far away. Yeah, so uh, we we the broad fork they don't sell broad fork in Japan, so we took the plant from the internet and uh, we found a guy here in uh, in uh, Daisen. So mm-hmm. in Totori, who is so Satoshi, uh, he's very good at uh, metal, mm-hmm. and he built two prototypes of broad forks. Nice. We sent one to uh, Kyle in Kaminomi. Kaminomi oh, okay, yeah, Center. yeah. We've talked to Kyle in this talk show as well. Yeah, so he he's there and he's using the broad fork uh, we made here in Totori, and uh, we are very happy about that, and. Uh, yeah, it's a good good way to to not till your uh, your your garden and preserve mm-hmm. the life. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we I will put some more picture on on this later. Yeah, so, that's great. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's funny. You have in front of the house the raising beds we made. Is this in so, Totori? Yes, it's in Totori. It's just in front of our house. So. We had uh, on the back of the, on the right side of the picture, you have the bamboo fence. So we had pipes running and no fences. So instead of buying some grid or stuff like that, we had a bamboo forest close to our house. So we went there, we took some bamboo, we split it, and we made some fences there. Wonderful. I saw, I saw your video of cutting back the bamboo. Uh, on uh, Facebook, yeah. that looks so hard. Looks so difficult. No, it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> but, but when I visited John in Okayama, he was also talking about the challenge of cutting back all the bamboo, and it gets growing yeah. everywhere. And you have yeah. some fruit trees that you are yes. trying to separate from the bamboo, right? Yes. So the the. Um, the thing is that um, we didn't knew that we have to maintain this part of the of the of the land we had, and um, we met a farmer who told us that oh your bamboo are uh, making shadow on my rice field, so please cut oh. the bamboo. Oh. So we went in the bamboo forest and um, 
I bought a chainsaw and I start cutting that. And hopefully my friend Chris, who is living close to here, uh, came to give a hand. And we worked, you know, about half a day cutting bamboos. And the trees who went out of this, who came out from this bamboo forest were kaki tree and yuzu tree. And nice. once they got the sunshine, they they have been very uh, how do you say that healthy. They became the, they made a lot of uh, a lot of leaf, and it was very good to see that they came nice. back to life. Yeah, that's yeah. great because that's... in in the center picture you can see there is a fruit tree in there, but it's so surrounded by the bamboo that it can't grow well. So uh, yeah. for anybody listening who doesn't understand Japanese, kaki is persimmon. And what was the other one? Kaki and? Kaki and yuzu. 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 So yuzu is a kind of citrus. It's a wonderful yeah. for cooking and uh, juices. Uh, Dan has a question. Do you find people in general were living more sustainably in Morocco or Japan? Didn't include France, obvious uh, reason. Clearly in, mm. uh, clearly in Morocco. So the I think that the carbon footprint in Morocco uh, was kind of balanced now but it's balanced because we have very poor people living in the countryside and uh, we have very rich and living in a big town big city so using computers uh, drinking uh, Starbucks and everything like that but uh, as I remember when I was young when we went to Morocco we used to go to the river to get some water from a spring so there was a spring next to the river and we got water from there and we have been there with the, the donkey and we put a lot of, of um, how do you say that, of uh, tanks, of, and we get water from there, and we went back to home, and we were drinking the water from the spring only. And that's what we are doing now in Totori too. We have a spring uh, at four kilometers from here, and we don't drink the water from the, the, the tap, even if it's good. But uh, we go, we have 20-liter um, tanks, and we go and get the water from the spring and wow. we will bring it back to home and it lasts for around two weeks. So I put the refill spot on the application, my Mizu. Yay! If you know, so. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yes. I, I met uh, an elderly man who had settled in uh, Kamikatsu in Tokushima on Shikoku Island. And he had an off-grid life. He only used the natural light. He didn't have taps. But he set his house. Uh, he brought that house and remodeled the house because it had a stream next to it yeah. so that he yeah. could get his water. And if you have water, you have life. You can grow things. You can live. That's amazing. Yeah. Clearly, water is one of the very important key to be sustainable. If you have clean water, that's really good. And one point being here, we are close to the Mount Dyson. Mm -hmm. So we are in the countryside and we are close to the Mount Dyson. The Mount Dyson is the higher mountain is the in the Chugoku uh, um, region. Mm -hmm. And even here, we have pollution. We are not in, in a big town. But we have pollution even in the countryside. So sometimes we go with the kids and pick up cans and bottles from outside in winter, especially. 
-hmm. And every year, so last year and this year, we got a lot of trash. And uh, that's really sad because we have very clean water here. Yeah. And you putting have to. cans, putting pesticide, yeah. putting all this kind of thing is not. I think, I think for the next five years, water, clean water and access to clean water is going to be the number one issue that we're talking about all over the world. I really believe yeah. that. And last week we talked to John Stolenmeyer, uh, the carpenter, and it looks like you're also making some of your raised bed frame or beehive. Can you tell us about that? Looks great. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, we have, uh, we want to make some beehives. So this model called Ruche Varé. So Varé, I don't, it, it, it exists in English too. So it was a, uh, I think it was a French or Belgium uh, religious guy, and he wanted to make beehive for the people. So he designed a kind of beehive that everyone can build. So it's not a beehive with frames. You know, we have some uh, what we can see on the top of the on the uh, bottom right of the picture. It's not frames. It's just uh, sticks that you put inside the beehive. So the bees can come like they are doing in the nature and build their uh, their own nest in uh, and they stick it to the to the to the stick there. Wonderful. So we made two of those uh, last week, and uh, that was made build that was built from trees uh, that have been taken from the forest very close to our house. So we have a. Uh, we, they call it Shirin Kumiai. We have a company that is making woods like uh, like John. Mm -hmm. So they are making the 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 plant. How do you say? The, they are milling the, the wood. That's what you say. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they are milling the wood, and and uh, we also got for so that we had to pay this, but it was very very cheap the wood, and they gave us a lot of wood for free. So they told us this place you can get all the wood you want. So that's something that we will burn. So we had the the side of the of the trunk, so that the, the round part they can't use, and with this we made raising beds. Mm. So we bring that to our home, and we made some two raising beds for now, and we will make more because it gets a lot. Of, so that's all free, and yes, so that's and the raising beds. And we beautiful wood so, as well. It looks really beautiful. Yeah, and natural, and nothing on it so no treatment no chemicals so it's good and we will change it maybe in two or three years but it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of work it's mm -hmm. easy to change and it's free wonderful so the, the good thing being in the countryside is that you can get a lot of free things too <laughs> that was amazing yeah yeah so we got free food so we didn't bought uh, any rice since last year Wow. So people gave us uh, um, uh, 30 kilograms uh, bags of rice. So we got maybe five last year and two this year. So we didn't bought any, any rice. Well, sometimes they came with vegetables. So daikon, uh, spinach, and uh, salada, and everything, potatoes. And That's amazing. That and I really also I saw that you did a seed exchange with your neighbors that's such a nice idea to exchange seeds yes so um the um, the hard thing 
here for us in the in our place is to build a community, meet people who have the same interests and who are doing the same things. So um, we have a good friend, Morisan, who is living in uh, Matsuzaki. He has a library and kind of, it's not anarchist, but a kind of anarchist library. He, you, it's a Japanese guy and you can talk with him about politics. You can talk with him about sustainable things. He's a very open mind guy and it's very interesting to talk with him. And uh, we give him sometimes, uh, how do you say that, um, plants, um, um, sprouts and, and the seeds and we get seeds from him too. So last time we had some cotton uh, from him and carrots and wow. we gave him some cabbage. And uh, last, so the, the, exchange, the seed exchange you saw last time, it was in Dyson. So mm-hmm. four hundred, four, um, it's uh, 40 kilometers from here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was with a friend called Shinsan and she's making her no-till garden too. Wow. So she's making her own beer, her own uh, wheat. So she grew up a lot of uh, wheat, of uh, flour, flour, flour. How do you say that? Uh, blé, 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 blé. Uh, flour? Cereal, cereal. Uh-huh. Flour, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Thomas, she... Thomas, who I mentioned, who's doing no-till farming at Pitchfork Farms in Hiroshima, he is also very excited about uh, growing hops and making maybe in the future making his own beer as well beer. Yeah. yeah yeah so you That's have a good challenge good challenge yeah you have a local craft beer in kurayoshi right i saw that on yes. kurayoshi yes. beer brew lab that looks good yes yeah it looks good and we have many places here in totori with uh people who are trying these kind of things so in daisen you have daisen g beer and uh, oh, you have like wine almost beer. here. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> they are growing some grapes in the sands. Wow. So they are gr- that's very interesting. So I went maybe Grape one week, in one the month sand. Ago that's nice. In the sand. So they are making some sand wine. So we have a good in Kurayoshi Winery. You can buy good sand wine. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a very interesting experience because sand wine exists also in France but only in a very specific place and in Japan in an only specific place too. So it's in uh, near Hokkaido. They call that uh, the place. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, between Hokkaido and Yurihama. Wow. So, and they make sand wine very close to the sea. That's so, great. Yeah, Akko has joined from Facebook. She says uh, people in the countryside of Totori are very kind and share their fruits and vegetable and rice. Thanks for joining Akko. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so Ako is a very wonderful person uh, we know in Totori. So she lives in Daisen, so about uh, uh, Yonju kilometer, uh, 40, 40 kilometers from here. I'm sorry, yeah. my English is kind no, of... No, no. Your English is wonderful. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, thank you very no much. No problem. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, let's... Uh, Ako, let, yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry. So uh, we, we share sometimes with Ako and... Um, uh, she's growing her own garden too. She's doing a lot of things in in, uh, in Mikuria. Great person. Yeah. Nice. Let's let's talk a little bit uh, more about the raised beds. What is the reason? Okay. What is the reason to have raised beds instead of just putting the vegetables in the ground? Uh, that's a good question. So we have two places to grow our foods. We have the 
the garden, the hatake, uh, where are the chick, where the chicken are. So it's uh, 600 meters from here, and we have the 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 place all around the house. And the problem that we have all around the house is that you have uh, they build the house in a kind of uh, um, how do you say that Kudalizaka. It's a it's not a straight land. So they had to put a wall and a lot of sand to make uh, the level and build the house over it. So you, we don't have uh, we don't have a, a good soil here at all. So we use the raising bed to to create, to add some soil and to improve it every year with a, with a, with a gufun. What's gufun? It's cow poo. Uh-huh. Sorry. Fertilizer? So we have a, uh-huh. Yeah, fertilizer, yeah. And you're and doing some compost as well? Compost, yes. Mm-hmm. And we dead leaf too. So we mix everything and we try to um, increase the life of the soil to make the soil more... Uh, more uh, healthy and um, mm-hmm. more strong and more resilient too. And also uh, so you made it look so beautiful, like the the stone, the round stones that you made into a circular pattern is gorgeous. Ah, yeah, so that's a spiral garden. So it's made to, um, to uh, ar- almost aromatics plants. So we have rosemary, we have isop, we have uh, mallow. We have a parsley. We have a lot of things on this spiral, and every uh, plant have its place. So, because of the sun, because of the exposure to the sun, so you have shadow or not, you have a lot of water or not or not. So, every plant have its own place. So, at the bottom this year we put some uh, uh, strawberry. So we had a lot of strawberry for free because farmer here, they make strawberry. And at the end of the season, they throw everything out. What? So they kill all the strawberry sprouts. Why? So we said, no, we, we yeah. like to have it. So we got a lot last year. And this year, last year we had strawberries. And this year it's starting to, so we had a lot of flowers. And I think we will have a lot of strawberries too. Wonderful. So is it seems like a really good design because if you water at the top and then it drains to the lower levels and all the yes. all the plants kind of support each other, is that the idea? Yes, that's the idea. So uh, the circulation the circulation of water is important. So the, the flower, the, the plants who are on the top, they don't need a lot of water. So we have plants that we can find around the Mediterranean. Mediterranean, so rosemary especially, and other places. Uh, it depends, but a lot of water is at the bottom of the of the spiral. Mm-hmm. And then you have different levels of water and sun. Yeah. Wow. So did you? That's did a you, concept that we. Yeah. Did you do gardening con- in France or Morocco as well, or just in in Totori? Uh, for me, that was the first time in. Totori, I made a little bit in Tokyo, but the thing is that in France, I always saw my father and my mother growing things. So, you know, Morocco is very famous for mint tea. Yes. Mint tea. So we had mint in front of a house. Wonderful. And uh, we were a six kids family. So it wasn't a matter of permaculture or uh, preserving the earth, but it was a matter of economy and money. 
to grow your own food when you have six kids and you can have a lot of potatoes on your own and a lot of onion and a lot of things like that. So that was that what was my that what my father was doing for us when we were kids. So, so I nice. always saw him gardening and doing things for us. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Jane has said we often receive a wonderful mix of fruit from my husband's parents in Totori and have received from their neighbors, especially amazing giant muscat grapes and nashi. Yeah. So nashi is kind of a Japanese pear. And uh, of course, massive watermelons. Yeah, nice. Yes, so <laughs> that's clearly treasure of the region. Those grapes are really, really good and very sweet. And the the, the nashi we have a special nashi here in Totori. They call the nijuseki nashi. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what we have here, and it's very sweety too and very juicy. And the watermelon is yeah also fantastic here. Wonderful. So let's yeah. let's talk about your shiitake. I'm very excited to learn how you did your shiitake. Can you tell us about yes. it? Yeah. So uh, shiitake is also uh, uh, something that the, the prefecture authority is, is making because we had a lot of trees. So um, I don't know the name in English, but uh, we 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 took some kunugi in Japanese. So we took kunugi, and we. Uh, put some um, little piece of wood with mycelium on it. So we had to drill a little hole inside the, 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 the log and we put a, a, the mycelium inside it. And we have to wait one to two years to Ooh. have the shiitake. Wow. So every year, the, the, the plan is every year to make uh, um, 30 logs of shiitake to have to always have shiitake from um, from um, October to mm -hmm. March. Yeah, wonderful. So that was very very interesting to doing that, and that was the first time for me. So the important thing is to try. Even if we fail, we have to try. If we fail, we can figure out why we failed, and then try it again and improve our our, our skills and our, our knowledge. On every everything, I so. love it. I love shiitake mushrooms so much, and the fresh shiitake. If you pick it off of the log and you grill it up on the barbecue, yeah. or if you grill it with some garlic oil or something, oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, some <laughs> uh, yeah, very very good. And butter, butter with butter and salt, it's good too. And yeah, yeah. show you. Butter, show you, it's good too. Yeah, shiitake on the barbecue. I had yeah. no idea it takes two years to grow. And do you have to keep to it two. keep it in the shade or in the sun? Where is a good location? So we, so we have to keep it in the shade. And uh, usually they put the shiitake in the forest. So the in the in the summer, they put the logs one over each other. So they make a kind of big big structure and in October they put them uh, like crosses like this and so the mushroom can grow up uh, on the side but it's always under shadow and with a lot of humidity so it's a mushroom so it needs a lot of water and humidity so sometimes people put water on it to make it more humid okay so, yeah so that's the my my sensei it's my wife's uncle so he he helps 
us a lot. And as I told you before, we got things for free. So we had to buy only the small pieces of wood, but the logs, we got them for free. So he gave us all, all of this. Wonderful. So this, really uh, this, what do you call it, that you put inside the culture or the mushroom, the baby mushroom? The mycelium, mycelium. Mycelium. So you can yes. just buy that at a DIY shop or something? Where do you buy that? So, yeah, you can buy that. Now they, I think they sell that at the home centers. But I don't know if it's specific for a countryside or if you, if you can find that in a big home center in Hiroshima. I don't know. Wow. But here we have this kind of thing. But the mushroom we used are sells by the, by the Totori Prefecture. And they are kind of official type of mushroom from here. Wow, how so fun. They want to make a kind of branding, I think. Yeah, no, so that makes sense. And uh, some of the things that I, I did some consulting for tourism in Totori, and one of the things I suggested that they try to think about now is to prepare for future tourism by thinking about what plant-based uh, food they can start to promote. So not just the Wagyu beef or the fish, because we know that's not the best yes. choice for the environment. Yeah. Um, if they can create some kind of vegan option. So having local yeah. mushrooms, local fruits, local vegetables, that's wonderful way to brand yeah. Totori in a so more sustainable way, right? The point is that they have everything here. Sometimes they don't realize, for example, uh, for vegan food, at, um, cl uh, close to the Mount Daisen, they have a restaurant uh, where monks are working, monks, and they are making Buddhist food. And it's nice. all vegetables from the mountain. And it's really, really good. And uh, so, yeah, we had a lot of places and a lot of possibilities here. That's great. Yeah, I, I think I was talking to uh, company people that work at the the winery and the beef beef farm, right? Yeah. So cattle farm. And I was telling them, you know, it's great that you have wine. It's great that you have beef. They're very proud of that product. That's wonderful. But probably when people travel inside the group, there's going to be one vegetarian or one vegan. So even yes. if at the beef place you have one vegan option, then the group is happy, right? Yes, yes, clearly, so this yes. Is... Looks like they have 10 years, 10 or 20 years late here <laughs> yeah. in the way they are thinking things. Yeah. So, uh, for, for example, we had a meeting with a... a a person from Kurayoshi, and we said that the lifestyle here is amazing. Clearly, you can work the weekdays and in the weekends, uh, going in the mountain close to your house. You don't need to take the train or to take the car. Just ride your bike, go close to the river, to the mountain. But we don't promote this kind of lifestyle. So we have our mountain bike here, and we bought a... Um, uh, how do you say that? Um, something to track, so to put our kids inside the kind of small car. So you put our kids in it, and we go all together with my wife and our three kids riding our bicycle all around the place here in the forest or, or close to the sea. And we have a lot of things to do here, and we That's have to so promote wonderful. the life, yeah. slow, 
lifestyle here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Ako says in Totori, we also have great broccoli, leeks, kaki, persimmon, apples, grapes. Yeah. Nagaimo. Nagaimo. Nagaimo is long potato, is it? Nagaimo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of long. It's a. It's not potato. It's a kind of long vegetable. They call that like nagaimo, but it grow. Hokkaido is very famous for that too. So nagaimo and um, yeah, they grew up in sand too. They, make, they they are producing this nagaimo in the sand. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I just want to introduce your Instagram if anybody's interested in okay. seeing more of your activities. Um, so the name of your Instagram, can you tell me again? I it's it Zero Kara Permaculture. Zero Kara Permaculture. So Zero Kara Permaculture means we start from zero permaculture. And we are trying, so you can see now we have the Sibulets. So I don't know what's the name in English, but those seeds, we bought it. We bought them from Cocopelli, from France. So it's not chemical seeds. So now we are buying everything from Tanenomori. And we are trying to find out other companies in Japan who are making organic seeds. Uh, but those ones were from France. So And we have, we have our raisin beds. We have our, our uh, Boregi. So the Boregi mm -hmm. is very beautiful now. We had a lot of bees coming, but not in the nest yet. So the oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I want to ask more about the beehive. So when when you set up the beehive, how do you collect the honey? Are you going to buy the suit and collect I the honey? I think I will do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, the thing is that this kind of beehive is interesting because we, we it's not made for harvesting everything. So... You um, in in Japan, you have you know the trunk beehive. I don't know if you have seen that before. You have a trunk with an empty inside of the trunk. So you put that in the field, and the bees come inside the trunk. And at the end of the season, you you take all the what is inside the trunk. So the bees have no more house and no more place to spend the winter, because the bees are making the honey for the winter. They are making their own food. And if we take everything, they can't eat nothing. So um, the point with the this kind of beehive, the Abbe Vare beehive, you um, can add models. You so you you raise up the, the the for example those three models. You raise them up and you put another model at the bottom. And when you want to harvest, you take only one or two models. You don't take all of this. So the bees needs to have something to eat at the end of the. The, the year and especially in winter. Yeah, that is so interesting. I visited a bee farmer on Miyajima Island in Hiroshima, and he actually was a biologist who was working for a big company making chemicals, and he realized Whoa. how damaging the yeah. chemicals were for the earth. And so he became a bee farmer and he's, you know, helping raise the bees and selling the honey. It's a lovely story. Yeah. My, me, my, um, how to say that, my uh, interest for bees is coming, of course, from permaculture, but also from my, I had a teacher of kendo, a sensei of kendo when I was in France called Yannick. And he stopped working. He was working in a advertisement. And he stopped working and became, like you said, a, a, a beekeeper. And he raised his bees and made his honey and sell, sold it. And he was 
it was a very good person. So I'm trying to follow his footsteps, not the same way, but kind of different. But yeah, and I want to improve. Like I said before, I we are f- doing everything from zero. So we we have books, we have uh, people we know. We are and um, we are the sum of all of the thing, and we try to improve. Uh, in our in our journey for uh, being more sustainable, that's wonderful. And of course, YouTube Sensei, you can learn a lot yes. from YouTube these days, yes. right? Uh, Chris yeah. has said saving honey for the bees just makes sense. I think that's so true. I think a lot of bee farmers, like the big bee farmers, have a bad reputation because they don't take care of the bees. They don't allow the bees to eat, and yeah. that's not good for anybody. Um, but this yeah. Miyajima bee, ha- bee farmer that I, he was right next to an organic farm. And so the organic farmers were so happy to have the bee farm next door and they were working together so beautifully. It's so nice. Yeah. So we were talking about journey. We were talking about people, not what we are doing. So zero color permaculture. It's not me alone. It's also Madame who is here. Hey, hi, thanks. Thanks for joining. <laughs> so she said she will join, so she's here. Nice. So, yeah, so nothing would nothing was was possible if she wasn't here. So of everything course. we did, we did it together. And uh yeah, so happy being here in Totori. Yeah. In in so many things with farming or remodeling an old house. It, it's so much easier if you have a partner or you have a family and everybody's helping. So it's so nice to see you guys working together. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. She did a great job finding the house, especially because it was hard here. Uh, the, the, the good thing, in uh, because we saw a lot of people having Akia, uh-huh. And big houses and uh, making a lot of uh, of work inside it. We saw wonderful uh, people making guest house. Oh no, we lost you. Okay, you're back. You're back. Okay. Yeah. So uh, our first plan was to do to, to do so, but after that we had to resign, and we found this house here in the countryside, and it was a. Um, it was a, not an Akia. It was not an uh, old house. It's a maybe 30 years old house. 20. 20 years old house. But uh, in our kind of ecologic, ecological way of thinking, it wasn't bad. The, the worst thing was to rebuild a new house. If we go in the play, instead of keep it, let, uh, let it uh, abandoned, it was better for us to go inside this house and rebuild it and remake the garden and try to make this garden with a lot of uh, herbs, with uh, wild herbs, a uh, garden that can feed yeah. ourselves directly from in front yeah, of Yeah, that's wonderful. So she's Madame Herb. <laughs> she's in charge of herbs. What? what? <laughs> blueberries. And blueberries. blueberries. How wonderful. Uh, one, one thing I, I noticed on your Instagram is you found a snake in the kids 
in the kids play area yes so have you have you yes. noticed any kind of country dangers or country new things moving a family yes. to the rural area yes a lot <laughs> so first was the snake so this one is good it's a shima heavy so it's not a problem he doesn't have poison i think but we have a lot of mamushi Mamushi, it's kind of viper. Yeah, that's a bit and scary. Those ones are dangerous. And uh, we have also very big bees. Uh, how do you say that? Uh, uh, Susume, Susume, bachi. Susume bachi. It's a kind of so, uh, hornet, like a nasty. Hornet. In America, they yeah. call it the murder hornet. Yes, so we have <laughs> those here. Oh, no, those and, are scary. Yeah. And so the kids last year, they met one or two times. So they learned that they have to stop. They don't move and they stop. Good. And we saw that Lydia was very good at this. So she, she met Hornet two times and she stopped and the Hornet left. And it was a good thing for her because she realized that, that it works. If she stops, the Hornet is not here for attacking her. But when she, last year, she was jumping when we went by car, went to a, a, somewhere here in Totori. And she ran, ran, ran. And I told her, beware of snakes. You, we have snakes here. And she saw one snake and she jumped around and she she was a bit scary, but it was okay. She wasn't ah, like this because I want them to keep control. Yeah. We have danger. Even if it's dangerous, if you lose control, then it's over. Yeah. And those snakes are really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And no, we even, the snake. Even, even if the poison is not dangerous, it still horrible to get bitten by a snake so yeah, yeah to watch out for snakes i see in the picture at the bottom right is that a toad like a big frog a, as well toad it was in tokyo this one was in, oh, tokyo. in tokyo wow so we were very happy having him there he stayed a long time with us and he was singing in the night it was a good friend oh wow how fun yeah so snakes yeah. do you ever see the wild boar do you see the inushishi where you are we ate inoshishi. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a inoshishi. lot, right? Yeah. 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 But uh, not especially around our place. Here we have snakes and mukade. Do you know mukade? Oh yeah, the centipede. Centipede. Yeah, those yeah. ones are very they're dangerous too. And snakes, mukade, and uh, suzumebachi. That's all. The rest is fine. Is okay. We have That's, the kind of eagles, taka, tombi, tombi. Tombi. Or sometimes so, stealing our food. Right, yeah. So for your vegetables, uh, do you have any uh, animals coming to eat your vegetables? Sometimes even in my garden in Hiroshima, sometimes I have the tanuki comes or yes. the inushishi comes and digs, digs in my garden. So do you have that yeah. sometimes? Not the inoshishi and not the tanuki, but the thing is that the mogura, the mogura is the... What is oh, mole. Is it a mole? Mole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mole, yeah. And we also have the... the um, uh, We also have the um, kind of worm, but for the butterfly. What do you call that? I don't know what's... Uh, before the butterfly, it's the kind of worm. What, what's the name Cat of it? The caterpillar? Caterpillar. Uh -huh. Caterpillar. Yeah, so we had a lot of a caterpillar last year, but 
The good thing is that we realize that the it's not the Suzumebachi, but the hornet, the small hornet, eats the caterpillar. So uh, the point is in permaculture is to have a balance of your ecosystem in your garden. So uh, we didn't kill the hornets, even if it's kind of dangerous for kids. So we left some nests around the house, but the they was they were eating the caterpillar on the on the sprouts. So that was spiders. a good thing. So, ah, yeah, we have a lot of spiders. Yeah. I think spider kind of pro- protecting our garden. Wonderful. A lot, a lot of spiders. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I I love what you're talking about in terms of balance. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, keeping a balance. And you don't yeah. you don't know which is going to help with the balance, like you said, with the wasp, and the wasp was eating the caterpillar. So then you can have a a better balance in your garden. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Reda Hello. says uh, from Morocco, joining. Thanks for joining. Hello, Reda. Nice. Hello, Chris from Denver. Wow. So yeah, we we salam <laughs> <laughs> we, we are really enjoying this life. Um, so the, the end of the paternity leave is in one year. So now the point is that we have to figure out uh, what we have to do in one year. We don't know yet, but the life that we are living now is a kind of the life we dreamt about. It's very simple. And we spent one year with no clock in the morning, no ring, no you know, kids and everyone was waking up when he wanted to wake up. And it was really good. Mm, wonderful. That's an amazing amount of paternity leave. That's wonderful that you could get it. And it's perfect timing during coronavirus to go to the countryside, to try to be a farmer, to have a natural life, social distance in Totori. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. We have the social. We didn't live with mask last year almost. We met no one here. So we were going to my mother-in-law's house. And when we met friends, it was outside, but with kind of social distance. But it was great. Very good. Yeah. Very good life. That's wonderful. Well, maybe if you have one more child, you can take one more year of paternity leave. No. <laughs> I think we are over with child now. Okay. <laughs> Enough. It's <laughs> enough, enough. <laughs> enough, enough. Yes. Well, thank you so yeah, much for sharing your life in Totori with us and your ideas for permaculture and growing your own food. And uh, I am sure you are doing a wonderful service for your local community just by being there and helping okay. give life to the rural area where there's so few people yeah. now. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we learn a lot from the local community too. With the old person here, we really learn a lot from them. They are really amazing people. That's yeah. wonderful. So, and uh, Thank you very much for yeah. coming this too. Thank you so much. And just to remind everyone, if you want to see more, about Farid and his family's activities, have a look at their Instagram page, uh, Zero Kara Permaculture. Z-E-R-O. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, K-A-R-A so, Permaculture, yeah. Yes, thank you very much. So just for Reda, uh, my father is from uh, 
a place called El Adelj in the uh, Middle Atlas, and my mother is from Safi, Asfi in uh, Morocco. Yeah, so we are, my father is close to Fes in the north, and my mother is close to Asfi in the south of Morocco. Wonderful. Yeah. I love your international heritage that you're bringing to the countryside in Trotori. It's so wonderful. And so many languages, right? Your family speaking English and French and Japanese? English, French, French, Japanese, a little bit of English, a little bit of Arabic. So, yeah, we're trying to, to, to mix everything. But, yeah, it's good. It's a lot of fun. Wonderful. And I'm not so far away in Hiroshima, so maybe once the COVID numbers come down a little bit, I would love to come and visit you. Oh, uh, yeah. Please, come. Thank we'll make you. a tagine nabe for you or a pot au feu as you want. French or Moroccan food. That sounds wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for joining today. Thank you so much, Farid and your family. And uh, tomorrow we are talking with Susan Mercer at 5 p.m. who has a rescue, pet rescue organization in Shikoku. So please join us then. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, have a look at inboundambassador.com. You can also sponsor the work that I'm doing on the YouTube channel. Patreon, buy me a coffee, coffee or haps. Have a great day.